0: Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks community. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out,
2: no matter how hard it rains.
0: hey folks well we are officially live episode 183 of real hawk talk i think multiple of us are under the weather right now so sorry for the confusion back and forth about whether we're gonna do a um whether we were gonna do a show tonight we have jeff joining right now we've got brian on the line on audio and we've got nathan as well um gents welcome welcome to uh the post-game show. How are you guys? It's good to see you. I feel like it's been a little bit. um, We had some banter going on in our chat. I actually turned it off for a little bit, and I came back to a a steady stream of about 47 different messages. So, Brian, let's start with you. How are you, bud? Good to see you. Good to talk to you. I want to hear from you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Dude, it's good to see you too. Thank you for joining on. I know... uh... Evan is especially under the weather. I'm in low Wi-Fi hotel room, uh, so <laughs> I'll be off off video. Man, I just uh, – I don't know about you guys. I felt like that was um, – that was just, I guess, more of the same. Um, but, like, I keep expecting Russell to have this moment where he kind of snaps back to – you know, okay, he's he's shaken off the shaking off the rust. He's kind of figured things back out, and maybe like that drive we saw at the end. Like I figured, at some point we'd see that, and then he'd kind of just reignite. But tonight, I felt like was he was more off target and making more weird plays. And they were a lot of, again, judgment decisions, not just physical decisions. And so it's just kind of weird, like even that sack on the last series that ended up being okay, but was like what on earth are you doing? Like, so, you know, it was definitely a tough, tough, tough game for Russ. I think Shane Waldron is uh, a disaster. Um, yeah, I, I think he, he was really bad but it was a little hard to tell because there was a number of open guys that Russ was just not throwing to or not hitting. So who knows, maybe he gets deeper into his playbook. If Russ makes some of those simple plays Um, I thought the offensive line was the offensive line. It was really, really bad. Um, And I thought the defense played well enough to win the game. You know, Um, I think that they, I keep expecting them to just break and stop trying, and just be pissed off about how things are going, and, you know, they keep showing effort, so, I don't know, that was kind of my, my opening thoughts, but, uh, how about, how about you, uh, Nathan?
3: I I don't know, (laughs) um, I guess, you know, it's dumb, but really, the thing that's, like, first and foremost that i'm thinking about right now is like the season is is over and i know it's been over for a while but uh it's over over now uh, and and that sucks um yeah i don't know i kind of feel the same way as you do about rust like i was waiting for that breakout moment it almost seemed like they had that breakout moment at the end like hey maybe that's something and then he turns around and throws a it's a kind of understandable thing. Like it was a nice play by the defender, but it was also just kind of a bad, a bad pick. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I was uh, with family on Thanksgiving and I got a few of the, you know, what what are the Seahawks going to do? And it's just like, I have no idea. I don't know what this team does now. I mean, you know, like you can really advocate for any course of action. Um, it's starting, I'm starting to wonder whether the trade Russ to get picks and at least like, you know, raise the talent floor of this team. Like how much are you going to get for Russ at this point? Um, you really need him to start playing better. Uh, it sucks that they don't have their first round. It's just, it's a absolute shit show on every front. And I know that like the defense isn't that bad, but they're also not good by any stretch. So, like, they played their asses off. I mean, I, I do think that they deserve credit for, you know, fighting uh, with, you know, some pretty dire situations. But, you know, you look at them by EPA, they're 25th. You look at them by DVOA, they're 19th. They're probably going to get worse after today. It's just bad on every single front, and, like, there's no – there's nothing there's no thing that's gonna fix this there's no one thing there's nothing quick you know i mean unless russ just actually has some miraculous recovery that he tried to sell us on a couple of weeks ago uh and, and you know if he can start looking like early 2020 russ which I, I i there's i mean i don't have any reason to think that's happening so it sucks it sucks all around there's nothing good it's all bad your 2021 Seahawks.
0: Freighton, clip that.
1: <laughs> hey, Jeff, how about you, dude? Where, where's your head?
2: Uh, it's becoming a chore to watch these guys. Uh, it's Nathan hit us on a lot of the points I was going to cover. It just sucks so much they don't have a first-round pick next year because this season would be so much easier to take. In fact, it might be a good thing for the long-term future of this team. But – Really to me, and I was going on about this online and to me, the lasting image of the game was when DK Metcalf stormed off the field after Russell missed him and DK started pointing at Geno Smith. And I couldn't get that image out of my head. And maybe I'm overreacting to it. Maybe I'm putting too much into it, but seeing DK storm off the field and point to Geno fucking Smith. To me, that just says everything about what's gone wrong. And yeah, like the Russell stuff is clearly the stuff that I've been watching closely because so much of this this franchise's future is going to be around what they do with him, whether they keep him, whether they trade him. Because the health stuff, yeah, like he's missing throws he normally will make. Like there's three throws to Everett in that game where Everett's pretty open, he skies them. But just some of the stuff that's been haunting Russell all year is still showing up. And I think it's a lot of it, like Brian said is decision-making and taking the sack on that last drive, even though he made up for it in the end. There's just stuff that's basic remedial stuff. And to me, yeah. So everything to me, like, I don't care as much about the wins and losses. At this point, I'm more focused on what the future of this team looks like. So this rust stuff just gets more interesting every week because as bad as he is playing, I still think he would command a big premium in, in a trade. Like Carson Wentz had one of the worst seasons ever by a quarterback last year. And he was traded for essentially a first round pick. And I think another pick. So I think there's so many desperate teams looking for quarterbacks in the off season. I still think there's a shitload of possibilities for this guy. They didn't even get two to three first round picks, maybe more on top of that. So it's just, to me, everything you keep wanting to see that. And it looked like early in the game, you saw some of the deep throws to lock it on third down. The third and one shot was really good. And then there just was that stretch there throughout the whole game where they just did nothing on offense. And, like Brian said, the offense is just so frustrating. Like, how do you go that long without targeting DK? The third and one, like stretch play to DJ Dallas, and then them not going for it on fourth down. It's just such a frustrating offense right now. It seems like their whole offense is just set up to play for third down, and they have no idea what their strengths are. It's just, it's abysmal to watch. So, the Russell stuff is just so odd and concerning because he just doesn't look like an above average quarterback this year. He looks, the drive at the end was great, obviously, but even on the two-point play, he misses DK in the corner of the end zone. He throws to Swain late. It's just really frustrating to watch him, and you want to see him finally come around, and I know everyone wants to point to the injury, but again, I can't get that image of DK Metcalf coming off the field and pointing to Geno Smith. To me, that says everything about what's gone wrong with Susan.
1: Yeah, a couple of things uh, as you guys are talking that occur to me, So, so one... All the plays today that I think Russell made, I'm pretty sure were plays that have been around since Daryl Bevel. And specifically, I'll give you one example. That play they do where it's like a play action, they do a max protect, they they swing one of the linemen, the guards out to block an end, and Russell then steps back and then he he, he it's always a deep shot. And it's usually a play that works early in the season to lock it they ran that play like three or four times tonight. And that, I mean, like these are plays literally that were around since Bevel. And so one of the reasons I'm I'm thinking about that is like, I can't remember which quarterbacks this has come up with, but it has where it's like, you hear them say they've had so many offensive coordinators. Like if they can just get someone like, you know, stability and like, you know, let the, this quarterback not have so many things in his head, maybe it would help. I almost feel like there's signs of Russell having like schizophrenia, like so many, like like too many different things that he has not been able to coalesce in his mind into something that makes sense and that Waldron hasn't been able to make sense for him. And so he just looks like the only things that he's super comfortable with are the things he's been doing for years and years and years. And, and so that's that's one of the things that kind of occurs to me as you guys are talking. The other thing is, I mean, talk about one of why, why numbers do not tell the story of football. Like, as much as we all love stats and analytics and all this thing, Russell Wilson's line tonight, 20 of 31, 247 yards, eight yards a throw, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 110.6 passer rating. Like, that's a damn good stat line. You know, like, and, and, but it didn't feel like that. It just, I mean, some of the, it felt like it could have been much, much more. Um, another thing, you know, as you're talking, you, uh, Nathan, you were talking about the defense and again, misleading numbers here. This defense gives up 371 yards, but their yards per play were 4.7. They were on the field for 79 plays. 79 plays. So for 79 plays, they kept the Washington under five yards per play. And, you know, it, it won't show up in the total yards or total defense numbers, but, um, you know, that's a that's a very respectable, like, you, you'd love to hold any offense under five yards um, per play uh, in, in most games. So anyway, those are a couple of things that, that jumped out to me as you guys were talking. Um, do either of you feel like you've got to read on Where, like, any more signs of where Shane Waldron fits into this? Like, where you can say, like, that's something I can pin on Shane versus, you know, I don't know. Do you guys have any more feel for that? I don't know. Jeff, do you want to start?
2: Not really. It's really hard to just identify things that he's doing versus just all the things that are falling apart around him. Um, I don't know if them not targeting DK. I don't know if that's Waldron. I don't know if that's the quarterback. I don't know if that's the offensive line. It's really hard for me to identify, but all you can see is just the offense all year has now looked far worse than it has been under any of their previous two coordinators. And they've had offensive line issues in the past. They've had issues with depth of receiver. This is probably the best tight end group they've had. So it seems just, it's hard not to come out and say the coordinator because since he's the one factor that's a little different is the issue, but I'm having trouble pointing out where, whether it's scheme or whether it's play calling or whether it's just the quarterback trying to figure out how to throw the ball with a bum finger. It's it's really hard for me. I don't know, if Nathan, if you feel any different, but I'm having trouble pinpointing the exact issue, but you can see there is
1: one.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're going to, no matter what we say, we're going to get yelled at by somebody who's like, ah, how did you say this thing was bad when this other thing was bad? Like it's all bad. So just like, let's just get that out of the way. Like, I mean, I, I am probably lower on the defense than most folks, but like, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Brian, but I'm guessing that you don't think that like, ah, it's, it's, you know, the offense is terrible, but like, this is a, a defense you can win a, you can like build a Super Bowl contender around. Right. Like, I mean, like, It's it's, that's not it. So it's just like, to me, it's all bad. So I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone that said, you know, with Waldron, I've been pretty critical of him. It doesn't feel together. The offense doesn't feel together, but you know, they average negative 0.28 EPA per rush. They had an 18% success rate running the ball, which is horrific for running the ball, which is, not an efficient like play um you know they had a first down percent of nine when they ran like running the ball so it's just awful 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 running so like yeah I I think there's stuff that like I question about Waldron but like you know they were this offensive line is bad they they you know as much as running backs don't matter they also don't have anyone that you can squint at and say is particularly dynamic back there um it's just turtles all the way down. I mean, it's like there's just problems on problems on problems, and hey, guess what? your team's real bad and you're three and eight
1: yeah, yeah. I mean um i guess i i I have a hard time to- the reason I have a hard time with the defense stuff is because I don't think the defense is bad i uh, I think lumping them in at all with the offense, like if if the, if the roles were reversed, I think folks like you and Derek and maybe other, like Evan would be killing me for saying that the, the, the offense and the defense were in the same bucket. Like, uh, in the past years when the defense has truly been awful, like we've had no problems calling out the defense for being the thing that was really awful about this team. um, I think the offense is like bordering on 1992 level, like awfulness. Like this is historically bad offense, and and I don't think that the defense is anywhere near historically bad. In fact, I think it's, I think it's considerably better than it was last year. That I completely agree with your point. This is not a defense that you can say, "Hey, just get them a league average offense, and they're a Super Bowl contender." Like no way, no way. But if they had the elite offense that we were hoping for, then I do think you could win a Super Bowl with the way this defense is playing.
3: Yeah, I don't sense? I don't want to put the defense in the same bucket as the offense. I think the offense is far worse than the defense right now. I don't think the defense is good. I mean I think that I think we differ here, but like you know, I think they're pretty considerably below average, but a hundred percent agree, you know, if you're doling out blame or if you're saying like who who is the worst of you the offense is the worst of them by far like that's not a question uh i just i don't think that there's i, I just when i think about this team it's like well what is the thing you're you look at to say well next year right uh, it's it's like yeah they have an okay defense maybe <laughs> maybe they can be a, a seven-win team instead of, like, a five-win team, which is what they look like now if they can get some competent offense, right? I, I just don't – I don't know. Like, I don't want to – again, I think that the defense deserves credit. They played hard throughout the game. Um, they didn't let it get out of control. I don't think that they're particularly good, though, either.
1: So, so here, Jeff, I'm curious your thoughts because, I mean, Nathan, and I do see this differently, and it is, like, a little bit about debating, like – how much shit stinks. Like,
3: I get, I get, I get that. The defense smell way better than the (laughs) offense.
1: But here's the thing. I, I, maybe, maybe time will come back and I'll I'll look crazy for for this point of view, but I feel like if this defense had a pass rush and they got, you know, if Trey Brown does come back or if they add, uh, you know, another corner to the mix, you know, linebackers are placed, but I mean, I, basically if they had a pass rush, let me just not say a 10 thing. If they had a better pass rush, I think this defense could be really good.
2: You stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, it's hard for me to get too high on the defense when I see that same issue where they really don't have a game wrecking player on their defensive line. I think that's the one thing holding them back from being pretty good to really good. And I think the pass rush did get a little better once they started going with Robinson and Taylor on the edges. I saw a lot better push than that and they were moving kind Heineke a lot. Carlos Dunlap just hasn't looked right all year and really hasn't been particularly effective. Uh, Benson Mayo has been pretty much a zero hider. the a high effort player, but you haven't seen much. And I was going to say, that's been my one thing for all the positives about the defense. It's hard for me to get excited because the pass rush isn't good enough. So moving forward, they're going to have to get some sort of game wrecker. I don't know if that's in the draft. I don't know if that's in free agency. That's the one thing where I'm not quite with you, Brian, about the excitement of the defense because I think a defense without a pass rush is always going to be hard to function and they're going to be vulnerable and it's why. But I do think, I think we should commend them. They played really hard tonight. They, they had a lot of third and short stops They keep them in the game. They stopped them in fourth down. But, yeah, they let a big drive in the second drive of the game. Coming out of half, they let up a big drive. But, yeah, to your overall point, I think it's the one thing that's really holding this defense back from jumping up to the next level. And I think when we look at this team, Brian, we talk about it a lot. Really, it comes back to – and I think if we're looking at the case to trade Russell, it might not be the play of Russell. It might be the need to rebuild and restock kind of blue-chip players in the trenches. And you watch this team play, and you watch some of the best teams around football, almost every good offense in the NFL has a really good offensive line. Almost every one of them, Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, it's just New England. Those, I think those are the five best offenses maybe this year. And they all have very, very good offensive lines. And for the most part, the best defenses are the teams that disrupt the game the most have the game-wrecking players on the defensive line. And that's the thing that Seattle needs to get back to. And it's why, for me, I'm still a little hesitant on the defense moving forward, because after this year, who do they really have they all have Taylor, they'll have Robinson, they'll have Puna, but not much else beyond that. Dunlap, Hyder, Al Woods, they're older guys. And it, to me, they have to fix those two areas for them to become a relevant team again. Love Jamal so, Adams. So
1: I, <laughs> With zero hey, sacks, I think, think Jamal still playing well. I, I'm not going to join that, that uh, hate, hate team, but I, I get it. Uh, um, here's why I think it matters, Jeff, because I agree with what you're saying. Um, I think a lot of folks think, trade Russell, what are you talking about? What's your answer at quarterback? There's no good quarterbacks in the draft next year, and maybe not good quarterbacks in the draft the following year. I think people misunderstand the situation the Seahawks in, are in. I don't believe that they're a draft away from being contenders again, but the draft is strong in pass rushers. And if you get two, the two top 10 picks from the Giants, plus another first for the, the following year, then you could end up with a good elite pass rusher and an elite offensive lineman and start your rebuild. And and I think that could be meaningful. And so, I mean, that's why the the conversation about the defense matters to have some nuance because if they are a complete disaster and they need to totally rebuild as well, then I think it's a different conversation. Um, I just don't see that. And really quick note, did Carlos Dunlap like lose the game for the team today? Like that offsides on third down, like wasn't, it wasn't that, by the way. And I also, I don't understand that, that penalty. Maybe you guys can explain to me. I thought the offsides was if you go into the neutral zone, but you retreat and no one on the offense either snaps the ball or moves, then it's not a penalty. And I saw no one on, on, Washington move, and the ball didn't get snaps. I mean, may, did you guys if I remember it, it doesn't really matter, but if did I remember you guys Bobby what... made
2: the exact Bobby was arguing that exact thing he was pointing to that exact thing, and then there was the Ugo penalty where he literally stood beside the receiver on third and nine, and that became a first down, but
3: the one thing with the Dunlap penalty is both the I think the right guard and the right tackle like moved and pointed at him when he did it. So I don't know if the ref is thinking, well, if I don't call this as neutral zone infraction, then I have to call it as a false start. And they were clearly drawn off, but it was dumb.
2: Yeah. And I wasn't that upset about that one. That one usually gets called just based on how it looks.
1: Well, I don't get upset at almost anything. At Seahawks games at this point, <laughs> I was more confused. I was like, what's going on? I mean, Damn them, though. Like, they got me at the end. Like, uh, you know, they hit that touchdown. I was definitely cheering and totally forgot that they had to go for two. I was like, oh, Jason Myers is going to miss this kick. He's totally going to miss this kick. And I was like, oh, crap, they got to go for two. And, and then they get that onside kick. I mean, has there ever been a more quintessential Seahawks loss than – not scoring and doing anything well for 58 minutes, going the length of the field after getting a totally boneheaded sack that loses a bunch of yards, scoring a touchdown, throwing an interception on the two-point conversion, having <laughs> even been in that position because you got a blocked extra point that you turned into two points earlier in the game. And then you get the onside kick, but your special team star is one yard too far to the left. And so you get a legal procedure, a legal formation. I mean, you have to be really creative to come up with that game script to lose.
3: Okay. I think we have to address the, <laughs> the chat here because y'all are losing your minds a little bit. Uh, chill on the, the caps. Uh, and just please don't, don't argue don't waste your time arguing about, no, it's the defense. No, it's the offense. You can be mad at two things at once. Uh, you know, me and Brian disagree on where this defense is, but like ultimately, like, unless you're out here trying to sell people on the idea that they're going to win you a Super Bowl and they, you know, just need to get Trent Dilfer, like just for your own sanity, chill a little bit. There's blame to go around. All right, we have somebody. We're going to put the crackdown on chat, but really like, There's I don't know. It's frustrating to see the the I this is not a team worth fighting over right now. They're not worth your (laughs) they're not worth your energy. What's your top priority for this team?
1: Quarterback? What do you and what do you mean by that? Like when you say that, what what's your top priority? The number one thing you're trying to address next season?
3: You either have to get rest right or you have to find a better quarterback Russ is not a good football player right now. Uh, and that's crazy. Um, and a lot of it's injury. And I I believe that like, he is just completely out of sorts right now between the injury and pressing. And I'm not mad at DK, but I think that DK is kind of obviously in his head a little bit at this point. Um, and he's just completely out of sorts. So like they either, they have to find a way to get him right. And if they can't, they have to really seriously think about how they're going to handle that position going forward. I mean, Russ turned 33 today, right? Um, The chances are, you know, he doesn't have forever left, even if he does get back to being good. And, you know, if this is just kind of how it ends, it wouldn't be completely shocking. Right. Um, Like this would not be an abnormal way for a career to end. So um, I, I don't know like a lot of that is like, it's not a, it's not a simple answer, right? It's not like you have to go draft a quarterback. It's not like that at all. I mean, they are vest They are invested in Russ. He is going to count against the cap. He is Russell Wilson. Like the goal should be getting him right. But like they also have to kind of be realistic about what he has looked like for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, some of the struggles even beyond the injury that we've been talking about going into the middle of last year. So, um, I think that's I, that's that's always got to be your number one priority. And right now, I don't think Seattle has a clear answer on that.
1: What about you, Jeff? You're you're trying to you're trying to turn this team around. What's the first thing you look to do?
2: Uh, well, Nathan hit on all the good points on quarterback. That's obvious, and that's the big question going forward. I tweeted about it after the last game. I said we, I think we've all come to the same conclusion on Pete at this point. I think the far more interesting question surrounding this team is. With Russell, do you try to fix him or do you use him to catapult the rebuild? The rebuild, But I'll go a different way with this. To me, it's offensive line. I said it before. Almost every good offense in the league and every sustainable team right now has a really good offensive line. And you look at where this group moves forward. Dwayne Brown is not playing at the level we've seen in the last few years. He's a free agent. Brandon Shell is a free agent. He has not played as well as he did last year. Damian Lewis has been uneven at left guard. Gabe Jackson has been okay at right guard. I don't think he's made an impact at all. And center, Ethan Posick's on a one-year deal. And he's graded okay in PFF, but I don't know if he's like a building block. So do we have any building blocks there? And if you're looking at getting draft picks and maybe you tra- if you're going to trade Russell, I think the way to start this team, and I think no matter what you do at the quarterback position, and Nathan outlined it perfectly, I think they have to fix their offensive line. And I think no matter what route you take, and that's where I think there is a case of trading Russell because as Brian said, this draft is not strong in quarterback. It's not good at skill position. But if you look at a lot of the mock drafts, I think the top 10 or 20 is filled with offensive linemen and they're going to have cap room at in next year. I think they have 50 million. I think they're in the top 10 in cap room. And I think veterans are a great spot to sign offensive linemen. So I think just with all the holes at that spot and how much it impacts, how they can't run the ball. And I know we can debate pass versus run all day, but just the ability, the inability to even try to run the ball. I know like Nathan, a lot of the people said over the years, if you're going to run the ball, just be good at it. And they're, they're awful at it and keep trying to do it. And it seems like the whole goal of their offense is to just to get the third down. And just so much of that, I think, and some of the passing issues, again, it just comes down to how bad they are at that spot. And now it gets worse because they don't have a lot of their, they're missing both tackles coming into the next off season. So to me, it, that is almost as big of an issue as anything, whether you rebuild, whether you move forward with Russ, that's a huge, because I know a lot of people compare this team to like Rogers with green Bay, but they had David Bakhtiari, at left tackle and Corey Lindsley, and they had an offensive line ready to go. And then they drafted that guy Jenkins. The Seahawks are basically starting at square one again. And that's why I've been so critical of the building of this team for so long, because this group is being held together by Scotch tape. And then going into 2022, they could just unravel. So that's to me, I I know I'm ranting here, but that to me is everything.
1: I love that. You think that's a rant, Jeff, you're so mild mannered. We love it. It it was, it was, it was a really well-reasoned point of view and we loved it. Uh, Honestly, no joke. joke I'm right there with you. I I don't think anybody, I think everybody wins when the offensive line's good. And I don't think anyone's going to regret an offensive line. That's good. Um, And that's the number one thing I would like to focus on. Um, I mean, look at the two thousand five Seahawks. If we want to talk about a, a mediocre defense, that defense was super mediocre. Like they they did not have uh, a lot of talent over there. Lofa Tatupu was the rookie, like was one of their best players. And the reason they were able to really should have won the Super Bowl was because they had a dominant offensive line. And just were able to control a lot of games. And that defense did not have to do much um, that year. Um, they basically were good in the red zone, was really what that defense was. They were good in the red zone. Everywhere else, they're pretty mediocre. Um, and I don't think you're going to draft Walter Jones and get Steve Hutchinson necessarily, but I think that you got to let Brandon Shell go and you got to let Dwayne Brown go. And you, you got to see, maybe you're lucky. You got something in stone Forsyth. I doubt it, but maybe, but you've, you've got to like look to rebuild that offensive line and you've got to get young with them because um, you can't pay five offensive linemen top dollar. So um, then becomes who's going to make those picks because so far when the Seahawks have gone early in offensive line, you've talked about Jermaine Effetti, Ethan Posick in the second round, you know, there haven't been a lot of good early offensive line picks other than Russell O'Kung, you know, in the top 10. So yeah, I'm with you that that's where I would put my efforts is, is offensive line. And I mean, it, it changes every week guys, but where, what is your prediction about who is going to be here next year between Russell, John Schneider and Pete Carroll? Who have those guys? Not who you do think should be here, but who do you expect to be here next year? Nathan?
3: Well, so before we get into that, we have some breaking news. Uh, uh, I think Adam Leviton has solved the Seahawks problem. We don't need to worry about Russ, Pete, John. They can all come back. We've good. got it all figured out. We have the solution. So uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf have played three games together since the foursome story the only fans foursome story broke and in those games DK is three catches 26 yard four catches 31 yards and one catch 13 yards so this is simple actually they just we just gotta get DK hooked up with a foursome and it all it all solves itself all that pent-up frustration is is gone and they can get back to letting Russ cook Sounds I mean, like a plan. I, man. I, mean, different. I
1: I'm surprised we haven't heard more, more Sierra hate lately. Like usually when Russ plays bad, everyone blames Sierra. So maybe that's coming too. Yeah, let's not speak that into well,
2: you know, things are bad on for Russell. I, mean, I think Colin Coward was taking shots of them tonight. And that's like Russell's guy. That's...
1: Mark Rogers ain't gonna like that. Oh. <laughs> Colin Coward's paycheck's gonna get cut. So so yeah, the question remains, Jeff. Who do you think will be here between those three next year? Not who do you think should be, but who do you think will be based on the way things are right now?
2: I think just John Schneider. And maybe I'm wrong. And I think I sent you an article, Brian, this week on text during Thanksgiving, where someone in the league was making a case for the giants to trade for Russell. And there was a quote from like a league insider saying that John's been sort of waiting Sitting around because he's got his plan post Russell, and to me that made me think that maybe that that's coming from somewhere. Maybe that's coming from John himself, and maybe this is building a case for him to trade him. But I think that would worry me. with we've talked about the drafting for years is John has shown zero ability to build an offensive line in twelve years, and to me that's the biggest focus of the team. But. I think if Pete's back, I'm going to be super discouraged. I don't think there's any case for Pete to come back at this point. I think the team has just fallen completely on its face in so many ways. They've taken a huge step back. They're trending the wrong way. Russell, I think Russell, if he has ownership's ears, I think he could be an, he, can, he has enough of a pull and I don't think ownership might be willing to move him given what he does for ticket sales and how that might shake the fan base. But I do wonder just, I think John might have Jody Allen's ear and it would scare me a little bit that he might be the last remaining guy of the three because there's big enough case that he should be fired first. But that would be my pick right now. It might be completely off base. I don't know if you agree, Brian, but that's where I go at this.
1: How about you, Nathan?
3: Who do I think will be back? Who do I Yes. Who do you
1: think will be back?
3: I don't know. I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's so hard to tell.
3: I think it's Pete and John, but I don't know. That would be but, so
2: discouraging. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. I
3: mean, the one thing like that really like I would feel a lot more certain about that if, like, I, but listening to pre- Pete's press conferences, I don't, I don't think he likes that. <laughs> like, he does not. He said he does not like this. I don't. I don't know that he's got more of this in him. I don't know that he has a rebuild in him, but. uh Uh, it's, I don't know. I don't, I, I, that would be my bet. That would be my guess. If you made me, if you made me bet, that'd be my bet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, I think that's the most likely it doesn't mean that I think it's the best outcome, but, um, and the only, only, I think I, I'm going to stay with what I've said before. I think the only way Pete's not back next year is if he chooses not to come back and so you've got to be betting on a guy who is very prideful and cares about his legacy and cares about, you know, always competing and not going out on a negative note you're 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 basically betting on him leaving um and we've done it before i know and that's why i think it's possible i don't think it's it's out of the question at all i think it's even like i think the odds are north of 30% which is significant um but I don't think it's the most likely scenario that he's just like, yeah, I'm not good enough anymore. I'm going to leave.
3: The hard thing. So he has done it before. He left USC in a terrible state and jumped ship to come up to Seattle, but he could very easily sell that as a upward move. Right. Like he either needs to retire, which I don't know that he'll do or like go take the Notre Dame job. And is he really going to be, I mean, he does life for a living. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. He's like, that's part of what coaches do, but like, is he really going to be able to look himself in the mirror and say, yeah, this, I mean, what's the way the team looks like? Yeah. He probably, he, maybe he could say, yeah, Notre Dame's a step up, but like, I think that's going to be the hard thing. And so, uh, yeah, I I, that's, I, I think he comes back. I think John's back. Um, but I think everyone, I can't imagine that they, that anyone wants to roll this back like the the things would have the next there's still a few games so maybe but like things would have to change so much for those three to like sit down and look at each other and be like yeah i want to do this again like i can't i i i don't know what happens but i kind of feel like the least likely thing is that all three are back at this point which is a pretty big swing from probably where i was like four or five weeks ago
1: yeah so just recapping what you said make sure i heard you right you're saying the least likely thing is that all three are back yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah I, I don't see how that could happen. I mean, I mean, I guess I could see how it could happen, but it would be like a really big change of, of attitude from Russell and his camp for that to happen. Um, and maybe if they're really hardcore about the no trade clause and won't go to teams that are giving the Seahawks good offers and the Seahawks are just like, well, we're not going to trade you, um, that could set up for just the worst. I mean, if they hold on to Russell – he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't show up. Um, and then you know the Seahawks. I mean, that would just be—they don't get picks for him, and they—that they, oh, that could get really, really bad. So, all right, guys. Um, I think we've we've uh, gone over this one enough. Uh, I know I have to get up early to get on a flight back to Seattle. I've really missed the atmospheric river. Um, so I, I, I got to get back up there. But um, Seahawks fall to three and eight. Three and eight. Uh, lot losing to the Washington football team and <laughs> Taylor Heineke. And it wasn't that close. I mean, out. It technically was close, but it was not a close game for the most part.
3: Shout out Jamal Adams. He's probably the only good thing about this team today. Yeah, I thought Sidney Jones played pretty well.
2: I thought Brooks had a good game. Jordan Brooks
3: Brooks,
1: right. Brooks did have a good game. Both of them were a little up and down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Brooks identified a screen for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing.
1: (laughs) That was amazing. Al Woods had a decent game. You know, like.
2: DJ Dallas, I think, had more touches than DK Metcalf.
1: Yeah. DJ Dallas. Oh, God. All right, boys. Well, thank you for jumping on and thanks everybody for, for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please give the show a like. I know if people are frustrated, but uh, you know <laughs> we're here because we're trying to give folks a chance to commiserate and uh, think through all this and work through all the, the frustrations and the emotions. Um, a like is appreciated. Uh, subscribe. It takes two seconds to do that. Click the bell to get notified when we go live and head over onto patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash hawkblogger get immediate access to the Slack channel where the conversation never stops. And we will see you all this Wednesday night. Um, uh, that will be an active, active discussion. Uh, and I, I think we, we got to start getting into maybe more specifics about where the Seahawks go um, from here, because uh, I don't think generalities are, are helping. I've already started looking at offseason free agents on the offensive line. And it's, it's not as, it's not a good picture. So um Hope to see you all then. Thanks for tuning in and uh, the Hawks will figure this out.